This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Welcome to the interview on the Raptors Republic Podcast Network. I'm Andrew Damelin, and if you hear my voice, we're going to be talking about the developmental side of the Raptors, and with the G League season about to get going, and with the Raptors' first-round pick from last season sent down to the G League, we have a perfect guest to tee off his season. His name is Chris Acker. He is the assistant coach at San Diego State, Malachi Flynn's alma mater. Chris, how are you? I'm good, thank you. No, thanks for joining us. And before we even get into Malachi, I wanted to ask you, as someone who coaches in the Mountain West and someone who also played, you know, two years at JUCO ball, two years at Division II ball, in Canada we have this like inferiority complex where we want Americans to give us their approval. Like Raptors fans always want the nationally televised games. And does a Mountain West coach or player sort of have that same type of feeling where they want to get noticed by like the power five conferences of course i mean you you want to you want to always put yourself in a position where uh people are recognizing what you're doing um out there on the national stage on on the national stage you know obviously you got to earn that recognition but you take a lot of pride in, in putting yourself in that position for sure so when you're watching Malachi Flynn, I'm not sure if you were watching him while he was at Washington State. I know he transferred over and you were still at Boise State in that transfer year. So when you're watching film of him and you're getting ready to bring him into the fold, you and Dave Velasquez and obviously, obviously Coach, Coach Dutcher, what do you see that you like and what do you see that you, you want to get your teeth into and sort of tweak about his game? Someone coming from a Power 5 school, a Pac-12 school, you know, you might call it going down, if you will. I mean, obviously no one from the Mountain West would call that. But is the attitude that Malachi had, is that typical of someone who transfers from a Power 5, quote, down to a mid-major? Or is his attitude sort of atypical that, you know, grab the sort of team by the horns and be that sort of emotional leader? Obviously, by 
position to make the NBA tournament and then having a tremendous assist-to-turnover ratio along the way. Uh, again, it's just a, a tremendous credit to the work Malachi put in and, and just his mindset as a, compete, a, a complete player. Now, Chris, I'm not sure how much of the, the Raptors podcast you listen to, but we like to get sort of really down in the weeds. And talking to an assistant coach is, is, a, is a special thrill. And there's one quote from you that uh, really interested me. You said, you know, understanding how to teach the little things, all the little details and nuances that happen throughout the possession, understanding where your reads are coming from, who to play off, who's hot, how to get him the ball. So this is the level of detail that you try to impart on Malachi Flynn. And I'm wondering, just from a, a more technical perspective, how did you sort of implement what you wanted him to do, and how did he receive it just from a very specific, like, technical point of view? Well, technically, it was just, you know, you, you sit there and you watch his game, and you take our offense, for example, and, and some of the plays that we ran specifically to put the balls in his hands, it starts with, you know, your head coach saying, hey, I'm putting the ball in the hands of the guy that's going to make the right play. And then you sit there with Malachi and you watch film with him, and you say, okay, now here, here are the situations, here are the scenarios. They're going to help off this guy because he's a non-shooter or they don't consider him to be an elite shooter. Um, You've got to make the right play, and then we got to trust that that guy is going to make the right play. Or, Malachi, you're going to come off a ball screen, it's going to be you and the Nick two-on-two because they're not going to help off any of the shooters. Just take your time and, and uh, figure out, you know, within that little space, that little pocket, where your reads are going to come from and just keep your head on the swivel as you're, as you're in those situations. Um, and, and eventually, if you come off you know, a ball screen or if you come off a screen and you, you, you close the gap between the guy guarding you and the guy that's in, involved in that screen situation, your teammate's defender, um, you're usually going to be one-on-one with that big guy. And, and Malachi's mindset was he wanted to see that over and over and over again in film. And so when you make those, when, you, when you're in those situations every single day in practice because of how we play, and then you watch those film sessions, and then at the end of the day you have a guy that's that talented that can that can put it all together that quickly. Um, it's a special situation, and, and it's really again, it's a credit to our style of play. It's a credit to Malachi, and it's, and it's a credit to Coach Duffy putting putting the ball in his hands and giving him the opportunity to make those plays. And you mentioned him being able to attack him to attack mismatches. And I'm not sure how much of Malachi's NBA career you've been watching, but there was a preseason game against Charlotte um, and uh, Cody Zeller got switched onto him. And he just, I mean, it popped out to me. He immediately attacked the mismatch and just got him into the paint for like a little, like 10 foot pull up. And I'm like, hold on a second. There's, there might be something here. He was actually getting a lot of buzz during the, during the preseason. So, you know, as Raptors 905 uh, followers were, we're hoping for obviously some success down with the G League, but you know, given the fact that he comes over from to the Mountain West, you guys start off twenty four, twenty five, and zero, and you know he's a finalist for the top point guard for the Koozie Award. He wins the the Conference Player of the Year, the Conference Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know if this is an overly simplistic question, but how does someone like that sort of fall through the cracks from a Pac twelve team and go down to to Mountain West, or is it sort of more? It's not as it's not as simple as that. Well, no, I, I think, you know, first and foremost, I, I, I'm thankful that we were able to figure it out and, and we landed him. But I think a lot of times, you know, when, when you're evaluating guys, you're looking for fits for your program, you know. And uh, Malachi is one of those guys that, you know, initially in high school may not have passed the eye test, 
Um, and then he's and he's one of those guys that continue to get better. And, and when he got to Washington State, you know, he wasn't a highly recruited player, but he proved himself at that level. And again, certain guys are just different. Malachi was one of those guys that was looking for a place where he could do exactly what he did. You, you mentioned his accolades and the success he had in San Diego State. That's why he came to San Diego State, so that he can accomplish exactly, you know, what, what we all got to witness him accomplish. And so it wasn't about finding another Power 5 program. It was, it was about for him finding the right fit. And that's what he did at San Diego State. He found the right fit, um, and, and he got better every single day. And, and I think, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, we people say it, it's kind of cliche. It doesn't matter where you go. It really does matter where you go because at the end of the day, you want to go to a place that's going to fit you and it's going to give you the opportunity um, to do those things, you know. And, and you mentioned, like, him looking for mismatches and different things like that. Well, you know, for us, those are the nuances. Those are things we try to look at. The Mountain, the, the Mountain West is a very, very good conference, and there's really good coaches in our conference. A lot of teams in our league, they switch one through five in ball streams. So, you know, for us, we got to find the mismatches. And Malachi did that night in and night out you know, at the collegiate level, and so I'm not surprised at all to watch him do it at the NBA level. And you said he's a proven winner, and he was. I think you guys had a 30-2 and record before the season was cut short. And the first loss your team had was against UNLV. And I was just wondering, from such a you know competitive alpha like Malachi, do you have any memories of what the locker room was like or what he was like after that first loss of the season? Because you were so close to pulling off an undefeated year. Yeah, and you guys obviously finished out the season strong. You did lose in the conference tournament, uh, but the 30-2 and record is a 30-2 and record. And the season is going on, and Malachi's draft stock is starting to rise. He's starting to be talked of as a first-round pick. Do you remember, and I'm not sure when Malachi said this, but he had a quote uh, giving sort of his own scouting report. He says, I'm 6'1". I don't get off the ground as much as NBA guys do. I need to have those floaters and pull-ups, and or else I won't have a chance. I have to be super skilled to go up against these guys that are freaky athletic. I need to get faster and stronger. Do you remember him saying that and, and like maybe going up to him and being like, like Malachi, don't don't downgrade, don't don't give every de- you know downside of your game. Do you do you, do you remember ever sort of reading that or um, is, is or is that that's just how humble he, or I guess how realistic Malachi is? Yeah, I, I remember reading that. I never, I never really said anything to him about it. But I mean, you know, that's that's more to me a guy understanding what his limitations are, and then trying to focus in on what's going to help him have the most success at that level. Um, and he was just brutally honest about where he was as a player. I mean, you can look at him and say like, this is what he's not. But when you're competing against him and 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 you're in a battle with him you start seeing that, like, he's one of the best competitors you're, you're going to be around. And so it wouldn't surprise me if Malachi's one of those guys that's in the league 15 years and, you know, a superstar for, for an organization one day just because. 
compete with guys like Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet and learn from guys that, you know, some would consider to be underdogs in their collegiate careers um, that have become, you know, household names there in Toronto. So I'm really, really excited about the future for Malachi in Toronto. And at this stage, are NBA scouting departments still going on he's only 6'1"? Like, is that, is that still a thing, given given the success of so many different programs and, like, size not being an issue? That's just still, like, a stigma is is the size. That's just kind of how it goes still? Well, I think, I think NBA organizations, they, you know, those guys do a great job of evaluating and they understand exactly what they're looking at. And when you watch as much film as those guys do, you can start seeing there's a difference between some 6'1 guys and other 6'1 guys. Um, there's a different competitive, a difference competitively. And just in the conversation with coaches and what coaches say about their player and, and you get the consensus of, of a particular guy and then you start moving past, you know, the height, the weight, the strength, the quickness, and you start looking at the intangible things and why that program had the amount of success they had and you start realizing that, that guy can do it at that level, at the level he did it at, he may be able to help our organization later on down the line. So I think NBA guys do a tremendous job evaluating, and, and again, I'm just really excited that, that Toronto chose him, and I'm sure he's very, very excited to be there. Yeah, no, Toronto does have a history of developing guys, and, and in a more general perspective, just from your from your perspective, what's the most common question that you get from an NBA scout coming into San Diego State? Yeah, and he obviously uh, paid immediate dividends for San Diego State, and Raptors fans still have very high hopes for Malachi. One last question for you, on more on the emotional end. I was wondering, where were you when you were watching uh, the, the NBA draft, and what was your reaction when you... I, I don't know if you actually heard his name called on the broadcast, but what was your reaction when you found out that he was taken for the NBA? Well, to be honest, I was sitting at home with a buddy of mine, and I was... Elated. I was so excited that Toronto had chosen because, again, as a coach, you want your guys to be surrounded by guys that are kind that are going to lead you, lead your guys, and, and guys that are that, that have kind of gone down that path that kind of show you the ropes. And so, you know, for all guys that are making that transition to the NBA, there's some guys that are special that can just go to that level and dominate right away. Like we're seeing that a lot with guys like Lamelo Ball. You know what I mean? But mm. you know. Malachi is learning the ins and outs, and, and Malachi is already a complete person, and he, and he understands who he is. He's not one of those guys that just tries to fit in, but to be, you know, a six-one guard at that level, who better to learn from than Fred VanVleet and Kyle, Kyle Lowry? You know what I mean? And, yeah. And learn how to make an impact in an NBA organization, and those two guys right there. So, again, I was so excited that that it was Toronto and. And, and Raptors fans are going to have, you know, a guy that 
that is going to be around for a long time. And I, and I hope that's the organization he's with. And one thing you can be rest assured is that the team is going to invest the time in him. They don't just give up on guys after a year or so. They hang on to second-round picks, and when they believe in someone, they do stick with them. So he's definitely, I would agree with you, he's in the correct environment to see him flourish. Listen, Chris, uh, we took enough of your time. We really appreciate it, and we wish you the best of luck in the rest of the uh, NCAA season. Thank you so much, and again, I appreciate you having me on any time. All right, have a great day.